What if you live the life that God had for you? Right? What if you live the life that God had for you? Are you in that video? Do you know somebody in that video? We're going to look at a goodbye ordinary kind of weekend. And we're going to say hello to being an overcomer. Our verse this uh, weekend is taken from John 16, 33. It's on your name tag, and it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus speaking. If you have your Bible, it's the red letter edition. In this world, you will have trouble. Anybody have problems with that? <laughs> in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have what? I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Or in the message it says, I've told you all of this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But what? Take heart. Take heart for I've what? Conquered. I've conquered the world. I have conquered the world, okay? So when you look around this room, you see hearts. On the platform, there's a heart. There's hearts in the back. We have uh, hearts around. You've got a, you know, all kinds of heart because we are looking at how he tells us to take heart because he's overcome the world, okay? There are going to be troubles. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be yuck stuff because we live in a fallen world. But Jesus is telling us, as he told his disciples, it's okay, because I've already overcome the world, okay? Be of good cheer, rejoice, take heart, not in all the troubles, but in me, because I've overcome it. Enough said. If Jesus has overcome the world, then guess what? We are overcomers. Then we are overcomers. Then we are positionally in him as overcomers, because if we belong to Jesus, that means because we personally placed our trust in knowing him as our savior, his death, his resurrection, he took all of our sin on the cross for us, right? And, and if we place our trust in the one who has overcome the world, we are then positionally overcomers. The problem with that is, is that you need to be a practical overcomer. Because overcoming is not something that you did last year. Last night we, uh, we spoke a little bit, uh, I had a devotional with some of the ladies, uh, all the ladies last night. And we were talking about how it's not about what you did last year. And a lot of the ladies wonderfully have overcome this, 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 this. But overcoming is moment by moment by moment by moment. You need to overcome now. Overcome now. Overcome now. It isn't that you have overcome it. It's you are an overcomer as you overcome in Jesus. It's always in the now that you overcome. And at any moment, you can quit being an overcomer. You can be overcome. At any moment. And if you think for a second that you can't be, you're going to be overcome. Because the only one who can overcome in your life is Jesus. Is Jesus. See, I want you to be honest with yourself this weekend. I want you to be honest with yourself and with God. Would you do that this weekend? Would you just be honest before him? Just, as, just let him peel back the onion skin and let him pour into you and you pour into him. We're going to have incredible fun in fellowship. But the reason we're here, ladies, is to be changed. That we want to go back not how we came. Maybe some of you are going to go back for, by knowing Jesus for the very first time that you never really knew about the overcomer or you knew about him, but you never accepted him and you're going to go home with the overcomer in your heart. And others of you, there's trash, there's garbage. You've come with all kinds of, of stuff and you haven't allowed him to overcome. So we want to be changed this weekend. We want him to go to deep places in our heart, in our soul, in our mind because he is the overcomer and he has planned abundant life for you. He has planned life to the full for you, and you are missing it if you're not overcoming moment by moment 
by moment. Oswald Chambers says this, God doesn't give you overcoming life. He gives you life as you overcome. Did you follow that? Oswald Chambers, one of my favorites. I'm going to see him in heaven after a million years sitting next to Jesus. Then I'm going to see Oswald. Maybe Charles Spurgeon, then Oswald. <laughs> but Oswald Chambers wrote my utmost for his highest. His wife did, actually, after he had moved to heaven from all of his sermons that he had preached. And I am telling you, God just doesn't say, oh, here's overcoming life. There you go. All done. No, he gives you life as you overcome. So to become an overcomer this weekend, we are going to believe God is able. You guys ready to do that? To believe God is able? Okay, because that's a personal decision. I can't make that decision for you. You have to make that decision. I'd love to be able to make that for you, but I can't. You have to believe that God is able. Then we're going to dig in. We're going to dig in and we're going to see, well, what does God's word say? What does the Bible say, right? Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. What does the Bible say? Our absolute book. And then we're going to change unhealthy habits. We are going to um, confess sin. We're going to consult godly counsel. And then what happens is that you do what you can. You obey. You just do the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing. And guess what? You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Not only positionally, but practically. So you are an overcomer. And say, I want you to make sure that you, uh, I know a lot of the ladies today went and did the prayer walk, yes? Okay. The prayer walk uh, is integral into this weekend. It, it's all about developing habits of an overcomer. And so as you, take, as you uh, have this weekend, I, I encourage you to make sure to do the prayer walk. And I encourage you to do it alone or maybe with one other person. Because as you're standing there and in God's creation and he's speaking to you and you're speaking with him, allow that communion to go on. So we are going to look at how Jesus overcome, overcame this world, this whole world system, and how we can be an overcomer. And if you believe that Jesus is your savior, you're already an overcomer. Isn't that, isn't that great news? You already are. Well, I don't feel like one. But you are. You are positionally, right? Because you have the spirit of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit living in you. He came to take residence in you when you accepted him as your savior, that your sin put him on the cross, and now the Holy Spirit came to live in you, just like Jesus promised when he ascended. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter, and he will tell you all truth, and that will be the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ. See, he sees you right now as an overcomer in him, already seated in the heavenlies with him. Did you know that? You're already seated in the heavenlies. That's how he sees you. And so right this moment, you're positionally an overcomer, and this weekend we are going to practically learn how we're going to be an overcomer. There, is, there are hearts all over that look like this. I just want to give you some instruction. They look like this. If you look around, they're all hanging up, and they all have a little clothespin with it. Each of you are going to have your own heart for the weekend. There are two lines and then a big colorful dash. And the line on the left needs to be filled in with the date of your birth, your month, your day, and your year. And this line, well, you haven't moved to heaven yet. And so this line will be blank. And what happens is, is that the dash in between your date of birth and when God calls you home, is your life. This is it. This tiny little dash right here is moment by moment by moment living. And so it, when you look at this, um, my kids and I, when they were, my kids are now uh, uh, freshmen in college and an eighth grader. And when they were uh, little, we used to go to Lac La Belle Cemetery. Anybody know Lac La Belle Cemetery? Okay, in Oconomowoc. And it's this beautiful cemetery. And I would take some lunch, we'd sit there and we'd enjoy it, we'd feed the ducks, we'd go around at the pond, and then we'd go and look at these gravestones. And they were from the 1800s, some were amazing. Some were sort of comical, they had poems on them, and others were very um, succinct. I mean, it, it had basically the name of the departed, it had, you know, when they were born, the dash, and the day that their soul transitioned. 
That was it. And so I look at that, and that little hyphen represented that whole person's life, that person's whole life. Just that little dash. A lifetime reduced to one glyph, one hyphen carved into stone, one uncomplicated dash. So as our t-shirts are saying, how are you living your dash? How are you living your dash? Is your life today everything that you thought it would be? Like the current uh, Volkswagen's advertising right now, it says it's not the miles, it's how you live them. It's not the miles, it's how you live them. And it's in the now, it's in the every moment that we are given the opportunity to refine this dash because we're still here. We're given the opportunity to refine this dash and live an overcoming life through Jesus, the capital O, Overcomer. Because that's who he is. In fact, let me read to you a poem which is called The Dash. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved her know what <clears throat> that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel, and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? That little tiny dash. We only have one dash to live. So how are you living it? Maybe you've come to retreat with all kinds of expectations and dreams of your life that have been dashed. Maybe those have been dashed. What I want you to hear is that there is potential for a new and different dream to emerge. Every dream that has been dashed can be turned into your dash to trust God's plan for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we uh, turn to your word, as we, as we listen to you, as we absolutely give you praise and honor and glory, we just give you uh, our hearts right now. We need to hear from you. We need... Uh, to hear your word, we want to have all the distractions away and only, only be listening to you. And so, Lord God, I ask that you would only use me as your vessel, Jesus, that you would speak in and through me and to me, and that I also would have an incredible changed heart. Lord, I am not here uh, as a perfect vessel by any stretch of the imagination. I am here, Lord God, as an overcomer because of you. And so I ask that you do your work in here, that you go after these precious ladies as a hound of heaven and let them know that they are loved, that you have already overcome the world, and so they can take heart. So, Lord Jesus, you, you take the general as the Holy Spirit is speaking, Lord, and you take it in particular to each one of these ladies' hearts and let them hear from you. You know their heart. Go deep to what they need to hear, Jesus. And we will give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, as overcomers, in the message it says, in, in John 16, 33, we are unshakable 
We are assured. We are deeply at peace. We are not alone. We are never abandoned. So even if you have dashed expectations, those don't have to be the definition of your dash in your life. In fact, when it's up here, I'd love you to say this with me as, as an overcomer. Ready? As an overcomer, I am unshakable, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, and never abandoned through Jesus Christ, my Lord. One more time, with gusto, ready? As an overcomer, I am unshakable, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, and never abandoned through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So what are the dashed expectations or the disappointments that you brought to retreat? I know you have some. Everybody has some. And don't feel alone in this. In fact, there are seven common disappointments in a woman's life. And since we're women, I'm sure some are going to ring true with you. And the first one is marriage. Is marriage. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments uh, that women say is in marriage. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're single again. And I'm sure that you've come to the conclusion, if you're married, that living happily ever after is a Cinderella fairy tale. Because there are all kinds of disappointments. There are all kinds of uh, situations over finances or incompatibility or, or situations you've gone through or just personal frustrations. Or maybe you've weathered divorce. Or maybe you're widowed. There's disappointment in marriage. You know, even though now I have been married 25 years uh, to an incredible man, I have experienced disappointment in marriage, not only through one divorce, but through two. And I am standing here telling you that no matter what marriage disappointment that you've had, you can take heart. For Jesus has overcome the world. You can be unshakable, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned through Jesus Christ. The next disappointment that's very common in women, if there's marriage, then there's what? Kids, then there's children, right? Then there's children. And so, you know, maybe you were, you know, excited to have children and you couldn't wait to have them and then all of a sudden frustration or surprise or concern sets in. Perhaps you have a child that, you know, is defiant or has disabilities or maybe there's a disease and, and it has completely upended the dreams that you've had for your family. Maybe you have a screamer. Maybe you have a schemer, right? Maybe you have, you know, a, a, one of them that's hanging out with the wrong crowd right now. It's not what you envisioned. They may have addictions. They may have distanced themselves from your faith after you've raised them up to do what's right. Or maybe you're experiencing deep pain of not being able to have children. You know, um, you may feel that God doesn't hear your cry. I know I struggled with infertility. Uh, for many years, and I lost two babies, uh, one about five months along and the other about three months along uh, in my pregnancy. Waiting on God's timing can be a painful road. But I'm standing here to tell you that no matter the disappointments with kids or no kids, uh, you can take heart. For Jesus has overcome the world. You too can be an overcomer. Because you can be unshakable. You can be assured, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned, through Jesus Christ. The third disappointment is yourself. Is yourself. I don't know, have you ever met a woman that is satisfied totally with her looks? Have you ever met anybody like this? That is totally satisfied with her looks? I mean, there's hair and weight and veins and, you know, too much hair, too little hair, you know, too this, too this, right? Too tall, too short. It's not only physical, but it's their lack of maybe skills, or maybe it's an emotional weakness, or they don't have the discipline that they wish they had, right? I think that women are champions at beating themselves up. Champions at beating themselves up. And what happens is, is we don't become transparent with one another. And so we become very good at hiding all that like self-confidence stuff that you, you try to be underneath the surface underneath the surface. I'm standing here to tell you 
that no matter what disappointments you have in yourself, because you can take heart that Jesus has overcome the world, you too can be an overcomer in this area. Unshakable, you read it with me, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned through Jesus Christ. Excellent, my Lord. Okay, we go from self to others. Disappointments in others. I am sure that in this life, someone has let you down. I am sure someone has let you down even this day before you even came to retreat. Because we are all sinners. Remember, we sin because we're sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we have a bent to sin. You're not the only person who has been wounded by another. Friends frustrate us. In-laws annoy us. Co-workers anger us. Neighbors are unkind. It's not the disappointment that we have. It's how we handle the disappointment. Are you going to hold a grudge? Are you going to let bitterness set in? And then what happens when you do that, now you distance yourself from everybody and you wonder what's going on. And I'm standing here to tell you that no matter the disappointments that you've had in others, you can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. You too can be an overcomer. So you can be unshakable, assured, come on, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned, through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Circumstances. Disappointments in all kinds of circumstances. Okay, so here's life, and I've shared this with you a million times, right? Here's life. What is it? You're in a problem, you're going through a problem, you're coming out of a problem. You're in a problem, right? You're going through a problem, you're coming out of a problem, all right? Pretty much that's the fallen world. And so your circumstances beyond your control may have happened to you. Maybe, you know, I mean, all kinds of situations. Maybe there was a fire in your home or a burglary or a, or a tornado or maybe an unexpected layoff. Maybe a move, maybe a surprise pregnancy, maybe a diagnosis from the doctor, maybe a divorce, maybe a death, maybe a fill in the blank. Maybe you feel like you'll never get on your feet again. I'm standing here to tell you that no matter the disappointments of your circumstances of life, you can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So you too can be an overcomer that is unshakable, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned through Jesus Christ, my Lord. The sixth one is religion. Disappointments in religion. Maybe you are disillusioned or just plain mad by established religion. Maybe it was a church that you went to when you were young. Maybe, you know, someone did something to you. Maybe you had a bad experience. Maybe a not-so-faithful minister was around. Maybe there was gossip. Maybe there was cliques, all kinds of stuff. Maybe there were, uh, was a condemning spirit that someone was speaking to you in. You may have scars. You may have scars that need to heal. I know I did. And I'm standing here to tell you that no matter the disappointment with religion that you've experienced, you can take heart. For Jesus has overcome the world. So you too can be an overcomer that is unshakable, assured, deeply, come on, excellent. And the very last one is you could be disappointed in God. In God. You might be saying, you know, where are you, God, in this? I don't see you in this. Where, where, where are you? Or perhaps you lashed out at him because he hasn't answered prayer in the way you thought that he should. And, and now you feel distant from him. And, and you feel like he's moved down the couch from you. And really, you've moved. Because he's never moved. And then you feel guilty about that. Because you feel distant from him. And then the accuser whispers in your ear, what kind of person gives up on God? I mean, really? 
The toothless lion comes as the little accuser and starts poking you. Really? You give up on God? Somehow you don't understand him. And you don't understand and you're disappointed in this loving God that could let whatever happen to you. And so you distance him. So you question, is he really there? Is he really there? I am standing here to tell you that no matter the disappointments that you have in God, he can and he will pick up your broken pieces. You can take heart because Jesus has already overcome the world. So you too can be an overcomer that is unshakable, Even though we think our lives, you know, it just hasn't turned out like I thought. Not like how I imagined. And maybe a lot of these disappointments, you know, you can identify with. But I want to tell you something. None of those disappointments took God by surprise. None of them. Everything has been allowed in your life for your good, his glory. Everything. It's if you believe that or not. It's if you believe that or not. See, they can actually be opportunities to see God at work in your life, to see God in the detail of your life, to see him use the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs to lead you on this new journey, to look back and see how faithful he was, and he's making a new path in the wilderness, and you can walk with him. He actually has a greater eternal purpose for you. He sees the great big picture. He sees the end from the beginning. You see a little tiny snapshot, and he wants to conform you to the likeness of his son. That's an overcomer. The question is, will you be willing to trust what he has for you? Uh, in that video, uh, what happens is a lady named Kat comes along, and Jesus comes along to her and says, um, hey, Kat, um, I got something for you. I want you to trust me. And she goes, okay, I trust you, Jesus. Okay, all right. And he goes, okay, I'm going to stand here, and you stand there. I'm going to stand here, and you stand there, and I want you to fall back into me. You guys ever do that before, when you fall back and do that trust fall? Okay. And, and she goes, uh, okay. And she goes back like this, and she goes, oh, there I am. He goes, that wasn't trusting me. You need to trust me. He goes, do it again now. And so she stands there, and he stands back, and she finally, finally lets herself go, and he grabs her. And she's so excited. She starts jumping around. Oh, I did it. I feel so great. This, that, oh, Jesus, I love this. And so she starts doing it again, and again, and again. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, excellent. I'm glad you trusted me. So then he says, okay, now do this for me. I'll stand here, and no, I'll stand over there, and can't you stand here? And now I want you to fall backward. She turns around. Uh, Jesus, there's nothing back there. He goes, no, I want you to trust me. I want you to fall backward. And she looks at him, and she goes, I won't. I won't. God often asks you, can you trust me fully? Can you trust me completely? We can't do it on our own. It is simply clear that only by trusting him we can live through the difficulty of life and the disappointments that we experience. But the real challenge is this. Can we trust him daily for everything? Can we fall back on him when he doesn't look like he's there, but he tells you to? Daily. See, if you've ever struggled with trusting Jesus... It's your human nature that absolutely keeps you from the very thing that will help you trust him. Did you know that? It's that human nature. It's that flesh yuck. It all comes down to trust. And Kat would not in that video. And she walked away. Will you trust? Will you trust when you see there's nothing there? But Jesus says to do it. See, Jesus has overcome the world, so you are to take heart. He has rescued you from death, right? He has rescued you by his death, by his resurrection, by his ascension. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father right now, interceding for you and I. He's either going to come and take us home, or 
he's going to come and get us. That's who he is. But you have to trust him as your personal overcomer. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is our victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So there you are positionally as an overcomer, but you need to practically walk through him and trust him so that you can be the overcomer moment by moment by moment by moment. Fall back right now. He'll catch you. He'll catch you. I want you to look at the definition of, of overcomer because of the word overcome because we are going to be using this word all weekend. So I want you to understand the definition of overcome. And it's a verb. It means to defeat another in competition or conflict, to conquer, to prevail over or surmount. In other words, try to overcome the hurdles of life. Okay, generally, it's positive. We all want to be overcomers, don't we? And in the Greek, it is, looks like Nike, doesn't it? It's not. It's Greek. It's Nikkei. Did you know that? But Nike took it and used it for what? To, to do their shoes, right? And it means, what does it mean? Victory, conquest. Good idea, right? The Greek word Nikkei is overcomer. Victory, conquest. And then there's forms of Nikkei in the Greek. It's Nikau, which means conquer, overcome, get the victory. And then the big one, Hooper Nikau, to be more than a conqueror which is an overcomer, to be more than a conqueror. If you want to either turn in your Bibles, or I'm going to have it on this screen, Lord willing, uh, Romans 8, 31 through 39, uh, Paul is saying this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are what? More than conquerors. We are hooper nakao, right? We are more than conquerors, overcomers, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels. You know what? I want you to read this week, for I am convinced. Ready? For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God It is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thirty times the word overcome is used in the New Testament. The hooper nakao, more than conquerors. Thirty times. Fifteen of those times happen to be in Revelation. See, if God is for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? I mean, do you really believe that? Because it's the first step in becoming an overcomer. I mean, do you really believe God is for you? See, God went to great lengths great lengths to rescue you, to save you from his wrath, and to absolutely equip you for victory over sin, over death. Who can doubt that God is for us? He is for me. He is for you. And what happens is our weak hearts, our weak hearts are prone to unbelief. They're prone to shame. So we tend to receive these words with great difficulty. Really, he's for us? I mean, God can actually be for me? I mean, he actually wants me to succeed? 
that he actually has abundant life for me. He actually wants me to win. He actually wants me to get out of my rut. He actually wants me to live as an overcomer. Because what happens is you start thinking, well, you know what, I know I have failed him. I have failed him time and time again. But he's for me. You know, I know that I am ignorant. I know that, you know, I don't know the word of God real well, and I haven't been studying and, 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 and daily quiet time with him and everything, and, but really, he's for me. You know, I've, I know I've used his name, I've cursed his name, and I've done this, but really, God is for me? And I haven't done that much for him. In fact, I've done very little for him. But he is for me. I want you to notice in this verse, though, that the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one who wrote the Word of God, right? The Holy Spirit um, was as the, carried along by the Holy Spirit as the apostles and the prophets wrote the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit uses the word if. He guards that statement with an if. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Just because you think God is with you doesn't make it so. Doesn't make it so. God is only for us if we are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. That's the only time he's for us. Reconciled, meaning made right to restore a close relationship that he brought us back to who we were supposed to be with God the Father through, through the cross. So he says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? And that if is a very, very key word because you need to be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, then he's for you. And if you're not, there's no way that you can be an overcomer. That means that you need to know Jesus personally and passionately and powerfully and then preeminently over your life. You can't just know about Jesus. You can't just have, you know, that religion disappointment that we talked about. You know, you'll never, ever, ever be able to be more than a conqueror. You'll never be able to be an overcomer if you don't know Jesus because he is our overcomer. He's the one that said, I've overcome the world system. I've done it. I've taken it all for you. What are you doing with me? What are you doing with me? Despite the disappointments that you might be facing this very moment, if God is for you, what does it matter if others are against you? What does it matter? Because you plus God make an unconquerable majority. Do you get that? You plus God make an unconquerable majority. That's all you need. See, that cannot be denied that he is for us if we are in Jesus Christ. Which makes me want to stop for a minute here. Because I want to ask you, where are you with Jesus tonight? He knows where you are with him. But be honest, where are you with him? Have you begun that personal walk with him? Have you begun knowing that, that you put him on that cross, that he went there for you, that if you're the only one, that he would have died for you? My walk didn't start until I was 31 years old with him. Where are you with him? Are you in Jesus Christ? Have you trusted him as your personal savior to forgive you of your sin? Because guess what? The rest of this weekend is about what Jesus is going to be doing in you and transforming you. But you first have to start somewhere. So if you don't know him, tonight is the best night to get to know him. Just say, hey, Lord, you know what? I looked away from you for so many years, and tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sin. Guess what? You've just positionally become an overcomer. And then you start your walk overcoming because you overcome, right? As you do life, you overcome because you overcome what? Now and now and now. You continue to overcome. See, the evidence that God is for us is the gift he gave in Jesus Christ in this verse, right? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If the Father already gave his ultimate gift, which is Jesus Christ, how can you not think that he's going to give you smaller gifts? 
Of course he is. And the security as a believer that we have is in God's love, is in his absolute love. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, it says. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. None. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who is raised to light, a life is at the right hand of God, interceding for us right now, for you, for you, for you, for me. He's interceding for us. We are secure from every charge against us. If we're declared not guilty by the highest judge, who can bring an additional charge? No one. No one can. We are secure from all condemnation. If Jesus himself is our advocate promoting our benefits, who can condemn us? No one. In fact, none of the suffering, he goes through all of that, none of the sufferings of this present time, he shares trouble, hardship, uh, hatred, persecution, famine, which is hunger, nakedness, which is homelessness, danger, bullying, sword, backbiting, backstabbing, right? None of the sufferings that you go through can separate you from the love of God. No matter what the circumstance, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are Hooper Nikau. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want you to understand it says loved us. That's past tense. Does he love us now? Absolutely. Will he love us forever? Absolutely. But it's for loved us. And that makes the devil really mad. Makes him really mad. Because it's about how he loved us. That's past tense. That's the love of God and the love of Christ once for all supremely set forth at the cross. That's what he's talking about. That he loved us at the cross. The absolute love of God in Christ was once for all and supremely set forth at the cross. That's where Jesus overcame the world. That's where he said, it's finished. It's done. So we can be more than a conqueror. So we can be Hooper the cow. So we can be the overcomer. So we can overcome. And actually, it's specifically in four ways that we can overcome. Because he's the overcomer, we overcome with a greater power with an absolute greater power because Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Huh? Lives in you. The are, you are you getting this? The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Is that a greater power for overcoming? Are we able to be overcomers? Yeah. We have the Spirit of Christ in us. It's not us that can overcome. He's the overcomer in us. Romans 8.11 says this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. 1 John 4.4 says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is what? Come on, one more time. The one who is in you is? Greater. Okay, the one who is in us is the Holy Spirit. The one who's in the world is who? Satan, the prince of this darkness. So we are overcomers of anything that comes along because he that lives in us is greater than he that is in the world. Does that make you an overcomer? Oh, you bet it does. We don't only overcome with a greater power because the spirit of Christ lives in us. We overcome with a greater motive. The greater motive is for Jesus' glory. Right? You guys, when you're an overcomer, when stuff comes up alongside you and knocks you upside the head, and what spills out is what's inside already, and it looks like Jesus, people don't get that. That's abnormal. They're like, uh, what is it about you? Oh, well, you know what? I'm really a jerk, but Jesus in me, he's my overcomer. And I'm able to overcome 
now, and now, and now, and now, as long as I keep overcoming. Because that's who he is in me. And so the motive is the glory of Jesus. As we overcome moment by moment, we are looked at as peculiar people, King James says. That's a good thing. You want to be peculiar. You want to be peculiar. You want, yes, you too, especially. You want to be peculiar. You want to have that aroma of Christ. And guess what? If it's a stench to some and it's an incredible aroma to others that are being saved, you're not responsible for that. All you're responsible for is that you continue to overcome and he takes care of all the rest. Jesus receives all the glory then. See, you don't want vainglory. You don't want the glory because then you're trying to overcome on yourself, uh, yourself time and time again. And guess what? You're going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fall because you are not walking as an overcomer. You may be positionally in him, but you are not practically in him. And this week we're going to go through and see how you walk practically as an overcomer. Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know what glory is? It's just simply his fingerprints. His fingerprints over everything. When it's Jesus' glory, oh yeah. Oh, it's just pointing everybody to Jesus. It's his fingerprints over everything. And then in verse uh, John 14, verse 12 through 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, this is Jesus, will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I, Jesus, am going to the Father and I will do whatever you, the believer, ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. So we overcome with a greater power because it's the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We overcome with a greater motive because it's for Jesus' glory because guess what? As he receives the glory, people are coming to him, people are coming to him, people are coming to him through you. Through you, because of him. And then thirdly, we overcome with a greater victory. With a greater victory. Losing nothing, even in the battle. Because it's God's victory. He already won the battle. It was at the cross. It's done. It's finished. The victory is already, already for us just to take. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58 says this. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory, Nikkei, victory, overcome through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is what? It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Greater victory. You overcome with a greater victory. First John 5, which I love, which I quoted before, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Do you see what it's by? It's by your what? By your faith, okay? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We overcome the greater power because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We overcome with a greater motive, because it's for him. It's all for him. It's his glory. We overcome with a greater victory because he's already won the battle for us, and we overcome with a greater love, conquering our enemies with love. Above everything, put on love. We conquer enemies with love. First John 3 says this. This is how we know, we know, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. See, we overcome with a greater power, with a greater motive, with a greater victory, and we overcome with a greater love. It's his agape, sacrificial 
love that expects nothing in return. Charles Spurgeon, my other favorite old pastor, speaks of uh, the confidence that great men and women in ages past, in other words, their dash is completed. And he says this, but what they, what they absolutely had in God's love. This is his quote. They did not speak of Christ's love as though it were a myth to be respected, a tradition to be reverenced. They viewed it as a blessed reality, and they cast their whole confidence upon it, being persuaded that it would bear them up upon eagles' wings and carry them all their days, resting assured that it would be to them a foundation of rock against which the waves might beat and the winds might blow, but their soul's habitation would stand securely if founded upon it. That, my precious ones, is an overcomer. That is an overcomer unshakable, assured, deeply at peace, not alone, never abandoned, through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Don't you want to live a life overcoming anything that life throws at you? Don't you want to live that life that it's you just keep walking and it's just the next right thing and it's just the now and the now and the now because as we are learning this weekend, at any one point, if you don't continue to live life as it comes at you as an overcomer, you're going to be overcome. I don't care if it's an old habit of yours, an old addiction of yours. I don't care if it's new. I don't care if it's big, small, whatever it is. But if you're not living as an overcomer moment by moment, there's a very, very large chance that you're going to be overcome. Overcome with guilt, bitterness, sin, whatever it is in your life, you will be overcome with that. We all have disappointments, whether it's marriage, kids, self, others, circumstances, religion, even in God. The question comes down to, will you trust Jesus as your personal overcomer? I can't trust him for you. That has to be something that you absolutely do on your own. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, to taste and see that the Lord is good. To taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. To taste and see that the Lord is good. See, for him to be a personal overcomer, you have to taste and see that he's good. Tasting is very personal. I can't taste for you. You can't taste for me. If you've known me for a long time, you know that one of my favorite foods is what? Guacamole. Guacamole. It rocks, doesn't it? It so rocks. And, and Karen brought some of this. Or Kristen, someone brought it. It was, it was okay. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to make it. You know, it was one of those in a, in a pre-made. It, but thank you, Lord, for the guacamole. But I'm telling you, I can tell you how to make guacamole. I can tell you to take avocados, and I can tell you to take spices, and I can tell you to take cilantro, and I can tell you to chop it up, and I can tell you how to make it and what kind of chips to get. I can show it to you. I can, I can show you a picture of it. I can describe to you the delectable taste of it. I can try to, but until you taste it, you are never going to know what it's like, ever. I can lead you to it. I can share about it. I can get excited. I can be white hot passionate about guacamole. But you are not going to know until you taste it. It's the same with Jesus. You got to taste and see. It's personal. He's the personal God. He's the personal self-revealing God that says, "Hey, taste and see. I'm good. I'm good." No one else can do that for you. So he could be your personal overcomer. So that you can continue. He's the one who defeats all your foes. He's the one who conquers. He's the one who has your walk in victory. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus who loved us. Tonight, 
while David's going to come and play quietly, I want you to quietly get up out of your seat and go and take one of the green hearts and the clothespin with you. Before you go, I'm going to give you directions on what we want you to do. I want you to put your birth date. Mine is 815. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody said to me today, you're kidding, really? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you any more of that. <laughs> 81553. And then you leave the other blank until God calls you home. On the back of it, on the left-hand side, I want you to write down the disappointments that you came with. That dashed expectations that you came with. Or maybe you don't know Jesus yet. I want you to write that down. I want you to tell him, you know what, I, I haven't tasted and seen that you're good. Because I've never tasted you. And then after you do that, David's going to lead us uh, with, the, with the girls in our theme song for the weekend, which is Overcome. So would you very quietly get up and go get a heart and take the clothespin with you and come back and while he's playing, would you write your birth date in, and then on the other side, write what you came with, the disappointments, the struggles, the, the situations you're going through, maybe the areas that God's tugging on your heart. Just tell him. Just tell him.
tomorrow morning we're going to learn about the condition of our heart. Tomorrow night we're going to learn about struggles they have. And then Sunday morning about how to be that overcomer step by step. So David and Seated above, enthroned in the fire.